Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Last week, a giant balloon drifted across the United States. Breaking news at this hour, a developing drama playing out over the skies of the Carolinas. Just a short time ago, we got this video that residents in the area say is the purported Chinese spy balloon drifting over the skies over Asheville, North Carolina. On Saturday, an F-22 fighter jet shot it down, its remains falling into the waves off the coast of the Carolinas. We've been hearing it's a Chinese spy balloon, a claim the Chinese government denies, saying it's just a weather balloon blown off course. But what even is a spy balloon? What's it capable of? And do we need to be concerned about one drifting down under? Today we answer all the questions you didn't even know you had about spy balloons in 2023. On Saturday, January 28, a giant balloon was detected in the skies above Alaska, north of the Aleutian Islands. The US military tracked it, initially saying it posed no threat or intelligence risk. On Monday, January 30, NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defence Command, the same entity that tracks Santa's progress each December, followed the balloon's progress as it travelled into Canadian airspace. Authorities determined that the balloon is carrying surveillance equipment, including a collection pod and solar panels. On Tuesday, January 31, the balloon re-enters US airspace over northern Idaho, the Defence Department alerting President Joe Biden, who asks for the options available to have it shot down. Meanwhile, the Pentagon works to ensure it can't collect any sensitive information on its journey, ensuring no classified activity or encrypted communications are conducted while it's in the vicinity. On Wednesday, February 1st, the balloon makes its way over Montana, and now is when officials start to get really concerned, because Montana is the home of the Maelstrom Air Base, one of three sites that operate and maintain the country's silo-based intercontinental ballistic missiles. They scramble fighter jets and ground all flights in and out of nearby Logan Airport. US Northern Command Chief General Glenn Van Herc and Joint Chiefs Chair General Mark Milley decide not to shoot it down due to the risk falling debris may pose to civilians on the ground. President Biden instructs the Pentagon to formulate a plan to shoot it down as soon as it's safe to do so. On Thursday, February 2, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Deputy Secretary Wendy Sherman meet with Chinese embassy officials. And later that day, Blinken decides to postpone his planned trip to Beijing. The next day, Friday, February 3, the Chinese Foreign Ministry releases a statement admitting the balloon is Chinese 
but claims it's a civilian ship used to collect weather data, which has accidentally entered US airspace. US officials push back, saying it's clearly being used for surveillance and is a clear violation of US sovereignty. US authorities map out a plan to shoot the balloon down the next day as it makes its way off the coast of Wilmington in North Carolina. On Saturday morning, when asked what was happening with the balloon, President Joe Biden said this. If you didn't catch that over the engine noise, he said, we'll take care of it. A few hours later, the FAA grounded flights in Wilmington and South Carolina, allowing the F-22 stealth fighter jets to take off from Langley Air Base in Virginia. At 2.39pm local time, the F-22 flying at 58,000 feet shoots a single Sidewinder air-to-air missile into the balloon, taking it down. Break one. Last one. T-O-I-1. That is a T-kill. The balloon is completely destroyed. The debris falls into the ocean below, in around 14 metres of water. The USS Carter Hall, USS Oscar Austin and the cruiser Philippine Sea are dispatched to the area to recover the debris, which will be the subject of an FBI investigation. On Wednesday, when I was briefed on the balloon, I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. China responds, saying the shooting down of their balloon is a violation of international practice and threatening repercussions. So what could this balloon have seen on its multi-day journey across Canada and the US? And could it really just be a weather balloon? Professor Ian Boyd is the director of the Centre for National Security Initiatives at the University of Colorado. Professor, what exactly is a spy balloon? Just how big is this thing? Well, a spy balloon... It's a balloon, you know, that is filled with gas that keeps it up in the air, up in the sky. And the spying part means that it's looking down at the ground and collecting information and probably sending it back to whoever's operating it. In, you know, the case of this balloon over the U.S. that China has admitted is theirs, the U.S. government is saying that it's really quite large. So, you know, the sort of vehicle part underneath the balloon itself is said to be about the size of three buses. So that's pretty big. And it's part of, I think, why the U.S. has been saying that it's a spy balloon rather than a weather balloon. Do many countries actually use these spy balloons? I mean, have we seen them over the U.S. before in recent times? Well, I think the U.S. government has been starting to say that there have been a few cases recently. You know, balloons have been used for reconnaissance, Going back to you know World War One and World War Two, they were used in the Cold War to spy on the Soviet Union. The U.S. used them in Afghanistan more recently. You know, it's still I think part of the surprise for this whole story is that using balloons for spying sounds you know a little bit low tech and old fashioned. But I think that's what makes it an interesting story. Well, why do you think? that is. I mean, wouldn't things like satellites be doing the same job? Why would they be using this kind of low-tech stuff? Yeah, satellites are what people generally think of for spying on a grand scale these days. But satellites do have some challenges. Usually satellites are operated in two different types of orbit. So one is where they're closer to the Earth. It's called low Earth orbit. And when you're in low Earth orbit, you are continually flying around the Earth. So you don't stay over one region of the Earth for very long. 
It takes about an hour and a half, actually, to go once around the Earth when you're in one of those orbits. So that satellite is closer to the Earth, so it's able to see things fairly clearly. But it doesn't have what is called persistence. It does not stay over the same part of the ground, the part of the Earth, for very long at all. It just kind of whizzes by overhead and images what it can. The other type of orbit that satellites use is called geostationary orbit. It's a fancy term, but it really just means the exact opposite of that. You have 100% persistence. You are always over the exact same region of the grounds all the time. So that's good. You have persistence. But it turns out to be able to do that, you have to be much, much further away from the Earth. And so, you know, we all know in our own lives that the closer we are to something, the better you can see it. So satellites have these challenges. And I think that the balloons kind of address those challenges in a little way, that they're even closer to the ground than the low Earth orbit satellites. So it makes it easier to see things. So I can kind of see that there are some advantages over satellites. And that's why, you know, people still are thinking about using balloons for spying. What exactly is this capable of? Like, is it actually able to get imagery that could be a threat to national security? Yes, it's certainly possible when you have a vehicle that's the size of three buses that it could be equipped with, you know, a lot of high-tech cameras with very significant magnification. They likely would be using different kinds of imaging uh, instrumentation. So, you know, the cameras that you and I use to take photographs are what we say is in the visible part of the electromagnetic spectrum. There's other parts of the spectrum, like infrared, that allow you to see at night. There's other parts of the spectrum that allow you to see through clouds. So, you know, without getting too technical, I think that the balloon would have a lot of different sensors capable of piecing together a lot of interesting information. I do think at the same time that it's unlikely that China, if it is a spy balloon, has learned anything that it could not get in some other way, you know, most likely from satellites. I think that's still part of the mystery of why would China be operating this thing? Well, we know now it's been shot down and is being retrieved out of the ocean. This is going to be investigated by the FBI now. What kind of things, if anything, can they actually get from the wreckage of this? Would it be beneficial for information that could be looking at a threat to national security? And what if they find out it really is just a weather balloon? Well, that's obviously one of the you know possibilities. I mean, I think that even though probably the debris is spread over many miles I and mean, it's in the ocean, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to retrieve you know enough of that debris to be able to really tell a lot. I mean, I think the U.S. intelligence community is really like a treasure trove for them, this opportunity. They'll be able to tell a lot about the vehicle itself. Like I said, three buses. There's going to be a lot of stuff in there. You know, are there propellers? Is there communication equipment? Was this balloon sending images and information back to China? Was it receiving control information from China? You know, what kind of cameras did they have? So, I mean, if it's really a spy balloon, If I'm China, I'm obviously very concerned that the U.S. is going to have an opportunity to take a good look at Chinese surveillance equipment. Well, say it is a spy balloon. What kind of political message does that send? Because it's not like it's inconspicuous. It was always going to be seen. What statement does that send? You know, this is, again, one of the key questions, I think, of this whole incident. Certainly, maybe it is a weather balloon that they lost control of. 
but it seems unlikely, as I said, due to its very large size. And then also its proximity to the U.S. I mean, China doesn't need that, you know, detailed level of weather measurements all the way over near the U.S. And then so maybe it was an experimental surveillance balloon. But I think that seems unlikely because if China lost control of it, I think they would have tried to recover it or just blow it up, right? And so I think part of it, there's a possibility that this is another example, the kind of list of such events where China is trying to, what we would say, go against the norms of behavior for international behavior. They have, in the South China Seas, often done some very provocative maneuvers. A few years ago, they shot down one of their own satellites. And, you know, my feeling is China probably underestimated the extent of the U.S. reaction to this, the international reaction to this. I think they were hoping to just irritate the U.S. a little bit. China has complained for many years about the U.S. spying on its territory. And in a way, this is a way of them saying we can reach out and, if nothing else, you know, irritate you and annoy you. And I think this is the most important and dangerous aspect of this whole event, because I think that on the other side, on the international community side, this makes it very difficult to interpret China's actions. In the end, it's almost destabilizing for you know international diplomacy and maintaining peace. On the flip side, though, just finally, Professor, could it be that the US has overreacted to this? I mean, the Chinese government is saying this is all just very American to shoot things out of the sky and you know show their might. Is that also a possibility? Well, it certainly is a possibility until if and when we find out more information from the U.S. government on what they have recovered and retrieved. I mean, I think there's no question that this is a balloon that belongs to China and that it entered U.S. airspace. And as such, that is some kind of violation. And any country has the right, the legal right, to remove an unknown object from its own airspace. So I think that you know, part of the U.S. strategy here, I mean, they could have shut it down right away. They talked about, you know, maybe that's dangerous for debris hitting the ground, which is maybe true, but it's quite low probability in the end of anybody getting hurt. I think the U.S. has deliberately played this out because of all the international attention, again, to show that China is in some ways behaving irresponsibly. These types of Chinese surveillance balloons have been used quite regularly in the past few years, spotted over countries across five different continents, including Asia and Europe. And in fact, there were three previous instances of them being spotted over the United States, twice while Donald Trump was president and once at the start of the Biden administration. There's even another one currently floating over South America, which Beijing has also admitted is Chinese, but is simply another one that's blown off course. Australia's Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong told Channel 9 that we haven't had a case of a spy balloon being floated over Australia at this stage. Well, I think the Defence Minister has said we're not aware of such. Uh, But what I would say is, obviously, Australia will always act to protect its sovereignty and always expects other countries to act in accordance with international law. That's the approach we take. But she says if it were to happen to us, we would handle it while also trying to ensure diplomatic relations don't go south. And we would add our voice uh, to, I'm sure, the voices of many in the region saying we, we want to make sure we have a stable, peaceful, prosperous region. We want a stable, peaceful, prosperous world. The balloon 
Moon has now become probably one of the most popular of all time, with social media platforms awash with videos tracking it. You can't track the Chinese balloon with an app, but you can track the plane that's tracking it. The Chinese spy balloon is now over North Carolina, with local police begging residents to not shoot at it. Many more watching it shot down. I just saw a flash. Huh? Look. Yeah. It's hot. Oh, he, he got it. it. He, he got, got it. it. Oh, I got, got it, it, dude. Got it. I got it. Oh, my God. I got it, baby. Oh. oh, they hit it. They hit it. Yo. And there's even footage from the coast of Navy boats bringing the debris into shore. And then, of course, there are the thousands and thousands of parodies involving Top Gun, Independence Day, and general heck yeah America vibes. Is that a Chinese spy balloon? Hey, I'll say it. Yes, Daddy. Bring your rifle real quick. There's a good boy. I'll give you back to your time for school. That'll teach him. That's the cookie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon. Big thanks to anyone listening who's become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. And of course, you'll be supporting our team of female journalists and producers. Subscriptions cost as little as $5.75 a month. There's a link in our show notes. 